Salutations, listeners. This is episode six of the DMP podcast, where we don't wink at one another while we're on radio. Uh, tonight, we've got Bad Neighbours and Godzilla on the agenda. But sadly, Tom is not with us this week due to... What is he going out to the pub or something, I think? He, he just forgot. That's right, no, he, he, <laughs> he, forgot made plans, so he, he made plans to go to the pub. Um, <laughs> so we're without Tom this week. So fuck you, Tom. Um, so <laughs> let's talk Bad Neighbours. I know that we've... I, been kind of wanting to see this somewhat because it seems a bit like 21 Jump Street with the kind of humor that the, the the trailers kind of had and I thought it was particularly funny and it was also really fucking disgusting too you thought the movie was disgusting well I, no as no, in I, I thought like the humor, humor was disgusting probably like you know with the condom in the mouth of the baby and what was the other one that was um what the the, the, oh, the the breast milking scene that was yeah, I think it was it was yeah it was very much like teen sort of like gross out humor like I I, I thought it was funny but it, it certainly wasn't highbrow humor like oh, it was no, definitely it was, a dick joke it was more like yeah. like yeah like shock humor just for the sake of being able to do it kind of thing although I did Which think it did pretty well I thought yeah oh, I, thought, I thought it was still funny yeah I thought Zac Efron was pretty funny in it too uh, we we had these two chicks in front of us. Um, in the theatre, and they were both, I don't know, were they They would have to have been in their maybe mid-late teens, Tim, and all they did whenever Zac Efron was on screen was just, like, squeal and moan, <laughs> and we were like, what yeah, the fuck much. is going on in front of us? <laughs> you don't realise people still do that. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently it didn't end when Twilight ended, but it's still around, so. <laughs> um, but um, I also found that Rose Byrne, did you guys like Rose Byrne in that? Yeah, I thought she was actually the standout performance of the yeah. film. I thought she was really, surprisingly, really, really good. Like, I think she's a good actress, but I didn't expect her to, like, be good in something like that. Well, exactly. I mean, I was... Well, the trailers kind of have her speaking like an American. I was saying to Tim after we saw the film. Um, yeah, that's kind of point. made the backstory that she's actually an exchange student, which I actually thought was quite good. Yeah, I'm glad they actually pointed out, because, like, you could tell that, like, her accent was coming through at some points. I'm glad they pointed out that... You know, she was from Australia, kind of thing. Yeah, rather than have her, like, rather than pull a Pacific Rim and you know and pretend. But I mean, <laughs> yes, they... <laughs> not. But she's speaking Australian and she's Australian, so that makes sense. Uh, what were your favorite parts? What was your favorite part, Tim? Oh gosh, favorite part. I loved the fight scene. I really liked the fight scene at the end of the movie, um, <laughs> just because there's just some moments that you just like, you get, like. It wasn't over like you know over the top, but there's just some parts where you could just like you could feel like like there's just the sounds that like you know the hits and stuff would make. You could just feel like how much that would hurt. Like when he throws like what was it like a like a beer or a can of something, and like he pulls up the trampoline like um to like deflect it and bounces back and smacks him in the head. Like... Yeah, and, and then and then Seth, what is it? Seth Rogen does he jumps on the the trampoline and then puts his elbow up for this body slam <laughs> and then gets caught in the fan. He <laughs> goes straight through the fan and it's just stuff like that because it's like it's not overly like you know um, gruesome or whatever to show pain, but you can just feel like know that like if that was to happen to you, how much it would, like, you could kind of feel the pain that would be associated with it kind of thing. But to be honest, yeah, no, I kind of see that happening to me if I was going to try and do that. Like, I'd be like, fuck <laughs> you, Tim, and then be like, fuck, and then hit myself in the fan. 
Yeah, Hugh? No, I was just going to say, like, it's that type of pain. It's not, like, horrible gross out, like, oh, like, some, like somehow, like, some guy's hand got cut off or something like that. Like, It's pain you yeah, can relate to. Kind yeah, of I did laugh pretty hard when jumped to the fan. I thought my favourite scene was actually probably the first party. Oh, I, I, yeah. yeah. Done, <laughs> where he get, yeah, where he, where he takes the drugs. I think it was shrooms. Yeah, and yeah, shrooms. he's, yeah, not in a good way. And he's having, like, a D&M with... Uh, it was yeah Dave Franco's character, who I thought did a oh no sorry it wasn't Dave Franco it was Zac Efron's character I thought Dave Franco was pretty good in a supporting role as well but yeah. every time I see him he he seems to be in a supporting role. Well, I, I don't think him. he has leading man capabilities just yet. I think he's better playing a supporting character at this point, just because. Well, I mean, I, I think probably let me rephrase that. He probably more deserves the opportunity to be a leading man to see how it goes. But I don't know whether he would work as a leading man because he seems to bounce off people and like fuel performances through his. I mean, my favorite part of the film was probably when he was impersonating Robert De Niro outside the window. <laughs> oh, that was really well done. Yeah. And he just and he held on to that for so long as well. It makes a lot of fun of I was saying to Tim. It makes a lot of fun of the whole idea of like the fraternity and brotherhood and all that kind of stuff. Because that's that scene at the end where I think, Tim, you were saying that you're expecting Dave Franco to say he legitimately loved Zac Efron because he kept yeah. saying yeah, he loved him. Yeah. And like he was going to like lean in for a kiss or something. And I was like, right. I, I totally thought that was going to happen. And then like it didn't. I was like, oh, okay. I was full on expecting that. Like I thought he was just going to grab him by the face and like. Try and make back, out with him or yeah, something. Exactly. <laughs> And I was a bit disappointed that it didn't happen. Not to say that it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter, Tim, or I shut up. <laughs> um, but, I mean, given the, given the fact that we don't, we're not getting a lot of decent comedies these days, um, I mean, well, comedies that, like films that are comedies from the get-go, not drama mixed with, you know, comedy and stuff like that, I, I think that this was actually a pretty decent film. Um, I thought I thought it, I thought it was good too because I I'll be honest like I laugh at a lot of things I actually don't laugh at many films these days unless they look like genuinely funny and yeah. I, I thought this was genuinely funny like we were comparing it to Twenty One Jump Street Four I don't think it was as funny as that but I still thought it was like worth watching as a comedy especially oh yeah of course I think the um the trailer does I think with Twenty One Jump Street uh, Twenty One Jump Street kind of kept its funniest moments from the trailer. And I think Bad Neighbors does yeah, that to an extent as well, where it hides the bits and pieces, and you kind of go, "Well, okay, I'll give it a try," and then you go and watch it, and it is actually quite good. Um, I, I would probably slot Bad Neighbors into that. What would you give it out of ten, Hugh? Uh, uh, probably a solid seven. I didn't think it was outstanding, but I thought it was worth seeing. I thought it was funny. Yeah, definitely. Good, good yeah. movie to go to with your friends, I think. Just for a casual yeah. kind of film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but. I know we haven't got much to speak about Bad Neighbours, but now I'm going to hand it over to Hugh to start talking about Godzilla. (laughs) So prepare your ears for the next two hours because Hugh's going to talk about Godzilla. So what did you think of of it, Hugh? Um, uh, I don't know about you guys. I know you guys were pretty hyped, but I've been really hyped for this ever since. Well, before the initial trailer, because I always love monster films. Mm. And the 1998 Godzilla film, like, I liked it as a kid. It's not good now. But actually, I was in love with the cartoon. I actually downloaded the cartoon, I think, last year and watched it all. Like, for those who don't know, they did a 
English cartoon really? based like after the 98 Godzilla and every episode just had him fighting a new monster which is what everyone wanted and he had his <laughs> atomic breath which he didn't have in 1990 the 1998 edition so I was I thought this film like I was really sucked in by the marketing I think it was marketed really well like the way they released the trailers and all yeah. that and made me really really excited so I actually saw it twice I saw it when it came out and then I took my little brother to see it the next day so and it, it didn't get any worse on the second viewing now before i go into how much i loved it it, it does have its flaws like i think the acting is okay but i think the, the writing isn't very good i think one character gets written out fairly early on i would have liked to have seen that character going for a bit longer i won't say who but i'm just saying one character gets written out what it looks like to see yeah. a bit more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think the, the general consensus I, from everyone that watched it was that that particular character should have been around a lot longer Especially because they lead up, they lead up to said character, and you're like, okay, mm. and, and like the way the kind of plot is at that point in time, you're like, okay, well, this guy's going to be central to it, and then yeah, the, you know, like he just doesn't appear anymore, and you're like, oh, okay, it kind of, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the other thing, and I see a lot of people criticizing for it, like, oh, the military shouldn't have done this and shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, that's always been a core element in the Godzilla films, like the military are dumb, like it's to be like real life it's a monster movie like it's the same as pacific rim like just mm. some of the things they do doesn't make sense but you shouldn't be worrying about it making sense or not because you don't go to these movies to expect like something written really really well yeah exactly right you go to I, see I, for the big monster blowing shit up yeah i went exactly. to watch this movie to watch godzilla eat the shit out of the arm and other monsters and i think that's what we got um i think the build-up it's Hmm. I'm going to be very mild spoilers. You don't see Godzilla for quite a while. Like, you don't get a full reveal to what it's about, what, 40 minutes in? Yeah, yeah about that, 45 minutes, maybe. 50, I reckon. Yeah. You'll be pushing it. Yeah, so it's a little what, like, you see glimpses of him, but you don't get a full reveal, which I didn't mind because the other thing is this is essentially a reboot film because this, aside from the 98 Godzilla, which was trash anyway, this is basically <laughs> making a westernized version of Godzilla to a Western audience rather than them having, like, the Japanese films. This is the second time they've ever tried it. The first time was a huge failure. So all they're doing now is just, like, trying to reboot it. So that's why I didn't mind not seeing Godzilla that much earlier, because there was a lot of development, like, they covered Godzilla's history and whatnot, and the history of the other monsters. So, obviously, the film climaxes. The middle part is a little bit slow, but I thought the action wasn't too bad. The the, end, the finale, the third act, is just terrific. Oh, like, yeah. Godzilla yeah. fights the other monsters. Um, I, yeah, I just had my mouth open, like, just watching it. I, I was loving it so much, because I always... <laughs> uh, well, and the bit where... Sorry, what were you saying, Nick? No, it's all right. No, you go on. I'll, I'll wait till you finish. It's all good. All right. Uh, another mild spoiler. He has his atomic breath, but for anyone who's followed <laughs> the film, he actually... The director actually said, like, his atomic breath was going to be in the film for anyone who's followed it closely enough. So, I, oh my god, that scene was so good. Uh, (laughs) Tim and I were, like, all over the place. I don't think you guys realised what it was straight away, but as soon as I saw his tail start lighting up, I'm like, yes! Um, Like, I I had no idea. It was... Like, like when, when we saw it glow, I'm like, oh, what is he going to do? Like an EMP two or something? And then like, it's just like this atomic. I'm like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah. I, I was sitting there the whole film waiting for it. You don't see it until the third act. And 
you hear the noise and I'm like, oh, well, what's this? And then I see that his tail starting to light up and I was just like going nuts. I was so excited. But see, <laughs> see, I actually <laughs> thought that he was like, I was, because it, it kind of frames him, the, the, the clouds behind him frame him like he's just recovering and there's like lightning around. He's just getting like angry. And then he yeah, starts yeah, lighting yeah. up blue and I was like, what the fuck? I thought the like the lightning was energizing him. And then it just, he just fucking ignites this fucking Muto. And I was like, <laughs> holy fuck. <laughs> oh, the whole, the whole that scene was done really, really well. I was, I was just so happy that they had that in. Cause yeah, it is a bit unrealistic that this giant lizard can shoot fire out of his mouth. It's like, why isn't it burning and stuff? But that's part of Godzilla. Like it's not meant to be realistic. So yeah. I mean, you're watching a fucking that, that scene, like if, if you're like me and you just want to go watch Godzilla fight other monsters, go see this film. If you're looking for a good plot or good writing, don't worry about it, but you probably see the film anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Look, well, some people had complaints about how many fights Godzilla had, and I saw some people compare it to Pacific Rim, and I would have argued that Pacific Rim basically had the same fight several times because all it was was um, Gypsy Danger versus like various kaiju, yeah. rather than like seeing the other Jaegers that were in the film. So, and the other thing was if they'd filled the film completely with Godzilla finding the mutants, it would have got boring after a while because it's like they oh, punch he's doing it again, you know, yeah, in the buildings that, like. So it was really well built up. I think it's doing really well at the box office and they've already started working on a sequel, which makes me greatly excited. Like, I won't deny I had a bit of a nerd gasm when he started shooting the fire out of his mouth. <laughs> and they're like, I won't spoil, but like, just like the ending scene as well kind of thing. Again, with the atomic breath, like... Yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah. my God. That was, I was not expecting that. And you're just like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, that's even better than what I thought was going to happen. Like, <laughs> a lot of bits, like, if you go and see, there's a lot of bits in the film where you're just going to be like... You're going to be sitting there just like not knowing what's going on, and then you're just going to be like stunned at what's going on in the screen in front of you. So, yeah, if, if you like monster movies, see, I, I give it a nine out of ten. That's that's a bit higher than what I've given it to some people, but that's because I'm judging what it is, and that's a giant monster movie. So yeah, I find it, I was actually genuinely surprised that people didn't like it. Um, I know, like we have we have a few mates of ours who don't like anything. <clears throat> you know who you are. Um, but I was genuinely surprised because, and they, a lot of them seem to chalk it up to the fact that there is that particular, I suppose, twist, um, when, when it pushes into the second act, um, with a particular, um, character. Um, but not even, not even that, like a lot of people are like saying, oh, like, you know, again, the, the army was doing stupid stuff. Like the army was non-existent. Why were they doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like, well, that's because it's not about humans versus Godzilla. It's about Godzilla fighting other monsters. That's why it, what it's always been about. Like humans are insignificant in like the whole, like in comparison. So, and everyone was kind of judging it based on all oh, the humans are doing the wrong thing. And why, why did Godzilla not like attack the military when they'll, you know, have their naval warships beside him and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's, well, I actually thought that the just I mean talking on a technical aspect of the film, I think it looked gorgeous. I think Gareth Edwards knows how to set things up and it looked amazing. You know, there was a particular frame in the in the film when Godzilla is he he's basically floating towards San Francisco, I think, and all of the aircraft carriers are following him. Oh, yeah, and like it's this floating, huge yeah. shot over him and you just see that the the distance uh, like not the distance, sorry, the um the difference in size between Godzilla and these, you know, well, like these aircraft carriers, which are, you know, 500 meters long or whatever. Um, 
and it, it just looks terrific. And I mean, the um, the Halo drop scene um, towards oh, the end was I've, so was well done. Really well done. I, I've always loved that. Like that's what got me like so excited about Godzilla to begin with. Was they actually had the complete um, like scene sequence of that i think was the first kind of trailer they released was mm. them actually like not even just the section in the trailer that actually had the whole scene um for that and that was what always pulled me into godzilla to begin with and such a such a brilliant shot the way um you know it's all like sunny and everything up top and then it shows them you know going through like the levels of cloud and it just like progressively gets darker and darker and darker yeah. It's like that moment in the Matrix Revolutions when they're going out of, you know, how they're flying um, the Nebuchadnezzar through into the machine world, into the oh, machine yeah, world, they, and they, they go, go up the briefly cover, for yeah. like a split second, and it's like there Normal. actually is something that exists yeah. outside of that. I found, yeah, I thought that was a really terrific shot. Like the the trailers didn't kind of show all of it either. Yeah, you know, you actually get a sense of the size of Godzilla as. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson comes down and you, you kind of lock eyes with him somewhat and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really, really good. But I had a bit of an issue with um, some of the marketing of the film because they haven't done a Spider-Man 2 and released the whole film through trailers. But they did... I, I know that for the Japanese audiences, they released a trailer which featured the, the, the Muto in it, right? And I know in previous episodes of the podcast, we've talked about Godzilla in um, how Gareth Edwards was saying that some the trailer doesn't show Muto, but it kind of hints that there might be one in there. But the Japanese trailer kind of ruined it because it shows them fighting. I think, I think that was that was also because when they're pitching it to the Asian market, they're going to want to see Godzilla exactly. fighting some form exactly. of kaiju. So. But I kind of feel like I ruined the potential surprise for there being two monsters. I mean, I, but... I would have gone in expect like. I kind of expecting, well, it's Godzilla. They're going to try and take him down, and then knowing that there was a, there were the Muto involved, which were which was really cool as well. Um, kind of took away with the potential for a, a surprise, I suppose. Like, oh shit, okay, Godzilla is actually kind of working for us somewhat, or he's just basically like, I'm fucking hungry. These guys are fucking shit up. I'm going to fuck them up. Problem but solved. In saying that, though, like, because I never saw the um, the the Asian trailer. Um, so I never saw the battle, but I always knew there was going to be other monsters in it because yeah, they'd already said in synopsises and stuff like and over a year ago that there was going to be two monsters. Plus, there were right. some scenes in even some of the other trailers where it didn't explicitly show um, like you know a battle or anything, but there are other parts like you know when um uh, when the Muto first breaks out of his like the, with, with the, and it's like the weird fucking hook leg thing and yeah it's like yeah. kind of like like he's kind of like appendage and it comes mm-hmm. crashing down like you always saw that yeah. in the trailer this thing yeah, and, you, and you're like that's not godzilla yeah it's not godzilla else. it's not a machine it's co- it's definitely another monster so yeah i suppose I, like i suppose it, that was more my kind of blackout of the film and only just watching the one trailer and seeing the posters and stuff and that's probably where my I didn't it's not so much an issue, but it's something that like probably could have elevated the film even more, not knowing that there's gonna be more monsters that Godzilla's going to fight in that sense. And I mean like there's some really kind of funny moments as well when Godzilla when when um when it rises out of the bay um outside the Golden Gate Bridge and everyone's like fucking kill it and then he's kind of just like going about his day 
and you, you really feel for him as well. Like the one thing I kind of got at it was the film actually makes you feel a sense of sympathy and empathy towards Godzilla as Earth, like as all these humans try and fucking wail on him. And he's just kind of like, I'm just going about my day. Like, I'm just hungry, okay? I'm just trying yeah, to get a meal. <laughs> exactly. And then there's that, and that whole thing where he just rips up the bridge and he's just like, you know what? I'm fucking done with you people and just rips the bridge up. Yeah, it's like, fuck your bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, and I thought actually thought that was really impressive how the film actually went and got and went and got said Godzilla is not the enemy so much and it, it actually kind of pushes the scientific angle of everything where it's like, well, it's, you know, nature and... Uh, uh, well, the natural yeah, like, water and so on and so forth. Like, that's like what I was saying before. Sorry. Like, um, you know, the whole movie wasn't like it, it gave you that whole sense of like humans are insignificant in this yeah. in this story. Like, you know, the whole story is Godzilla versing these other giant monsters. Like, he wasn't inherently trying to save us. He was just doing what nature was, and like and he, as, he is a force of nature. Yeah, mm. and, and and as you can see, like you know, all our weapons and everything were insignificant. Like. You know, we, we, it didn't matter what the humans were doing. The 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 protagonist was Godzilla. Like you know, that what the, that's what mm, the story mm. was about. That's uh, I think that's quite good as well. Like the the nineteen ninety eight film made it just like he's just a monster fucking shit up, and that probably just isn't it. There's it's not it's one dimensional is what it is, and I found it just quite um it's quite impressive that they managed to make this kind of monster that doesn't do anything except fuck people up with atomic breath. Something that you kind of do root for and, you you know, you fist pump. I know, Hugh, you said that during your first session, someone was, like, fist pumping after, I assume, the part yeah, very close. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. punching the air after the atomic breath. <laughs> like, I, I wanted to do it, but <laughs> too cringe for me to actually do. But I was thinking it. I was supporting him with my thoughts, but I wasn't going to go out of my way to start punching the air in the cinema. <laughs> I actually also thought the um, score was really well done. Oh, that's that really, really that well that a track where it shows you that shot of Mount Fuji and the the uh, nuclear plant at the start of the film, and it's yeah. just like oh, built yeah. the whole time. That was a really good track. I think it's the opening, not the opening track of the film that plays. So but, it, I'm looking at this the track listing now. I assume it's probably the one that's called the Power Plant. Maybe I'm not yeah, sure. Like, yeah, no, that, that the audio, like audio wise and visual wise, the film was really, really good. Like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, in terms of how it sounded as well, it was like Godzilla's roars were fucking were incredible. Oh, and also, I was saying to remember too, we were talking about how the Mutos actually sounded genuinely creepy and genuinely kind of just fearsome. the sounds and clicks they made was just yeah. it was just yeah, yeah. really authentic. Like yeah. I, I got chills from. It wasn't just like some other monster just roaring. Like it was actually like making like weird sounds that you wouldn't expect, sort of like the otherworldly sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And there's a genuine kind of, um, again, with the Mutos, there's particular things that happen and they just, the sound that they make emanates the mood or the emotion they're experiencing. So there's a particular moment where I think it's, um, I suppose it's, no, it's, I won't spoil it. Um, there's a particular moment where the, one of the Mutos, um, they meet in this middle of the city and they're kind of like making out with a nuke in their mouths or some shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that like that and that, that it was kind of it was very solemn and very quiet and very um the only thing that was in that like in terms of sound was just these two creatures coming together and you know 
um, making out with a nuke in their mouths. Yeah. Was like more awkward than sixteen-year-old Hugh on his first day. <laughs> like how bad it was, but it was done well. I agree. <laughs> what are you talking about? Your date or the uh, film? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Um, but Tim, so what would you give it out of, t- out of ten, Tim? I think Hugh's given it a nine. Um, I'd probably give it like. It sounds weird because like I'd give Neighbors like a seven and and Godzilla maybe an eight. But even though like technically Godzilla was way better than Neighbors, mm. so the scale doesn't really. But yeah, probably like an eight, eight and a half. Um, oh, I was just one yeah. thing I was a bit kind of annoyed about is like, like generally like you know I, I can I can deal with the fact that the army was shit and you know just a lot of the um, acting was a bit kind of subpar, but. Like some of, yeah. yeah, but some of the dialogue was just, I don't know, yeah. like, was I mean, just really cheesy, like, especially with the um, the main Japanese scientist, like, some oh, of Ken Watanabe's character, yeah, he had a few. He just spoke in Chinese. Yeah. Some of his lines were just so, like, 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 he delivered them fine, it's just the actual script for it was just terrible, I'm like, that's so cheesy, that reminds me of, like, 1998 kind of Godzilla like kind of stuff. But it Tim, you just... enjoy the 1998 Godzilla remake. Hey, I think it's a classic. It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, it's, yeah, that, that was the only thing I was just kind of, it, and it like, it just stuck out really badly, like just really poorly. And that's, you know, maybe kind of second guess it while I was watching it. But yeah. other than that, you know, it was really good. I tend to agree with that. I think I'd give it probably an eight, eight and a half if I'm really stretching it, just because the human angle, they tried and I appreciate that, but they still didn't get it right because I still didn't care about whether um, X and Y was going to die. I actually genuinely was pissed off if Godzilla, like towards the end where if, you know, if Godzilla was going to die or if it's going to survive or whatever. And I think that kind of means that in trying to make it more grounded in terms of the, human element it didn't work like it didn't do its job correctly but i tend not to discount that from the film because again i wasn't going in expecting this character drama i was going in expecting godzilla and mudos to fight each other for fucking so that was definitely the weakest part of the film was the human element Mm -hmm. absolutely so but yep definitely go and see godzilla twice or three times i might actually oh, go and see it again to be honest i don't know how many people are going to actually like listen to like us saying going see it but it has no post credits but it does have a couple of easter eggs it does actually which easter egg were you talking about i mean there was the one i think i swear i saw one for um oh mothra there was one for mothra i swear why did you spoil <laughs> I don't you know. I don't know if there was. I don't know if there was. You're still recording, right, Nick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> but that's. I don't know. You don't have to say yes or no. I could have sworn. No, yeah, like, no, it, yeah, no. There was a. There is a Mothra teaser in the yes. film, but it's more of a. It's more of an Easter egg than like a teaser saying he's going to be the next film. It's more of an Easter egg. Yeah, yeah I, I was after this because I. I was oblivious to whatever this Easter egg was. Oh, I didn't, I didn't pick it up on the first time either, but I saw it on the second time. Yeah, I th- uh, but again, I won't spoil any more Easter eggs. I, and, yeah. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, go and see Godzilla. Bad Neighbors is great. Um, so, what are we doing for episode seven? I think we've got Days X-Men. And that's X-Men it. and um, something. We haven't... I don't think we really... We We've done... got ideas, but we haven't settled on a No, film. so we might actually just do an all-X-Men podcast, maybe. Who knows? Oh, oh. It, dep- it depends if we really like something, but I'm sure X-Men will be like a very like plot-driven film rather oh, than Godzilla, so we'll be able to talk forever about 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like fucking Hugh and Godzilla. But anyway, we're going to wrap it up for the evening. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Ciao. Thanks, guys.